mean, uh, I wanted to make this video uh, because uh, my article that I wrote for uh, on Monday, uh, the one that was the first article that I published in about three months or something, uh, it, it's uh, it's done very well. Uh, um, at, at least according to Medium, it's got something like sixty thousand views in uh, in about four or five days. A lot of people have talked about it. A lot of people have read it. A lot of people have commented on it. Um, that tweet's gotten a lot of likes and stuff like that. So I wanted to I wanted to talk a little bit about it um, and do some Q and A here. Um, uh, obviously, there's a there's a lot of things going on in Bitcoin, and uh, you know, obviously, uh, there was uh, the economy stuff. So, um, yeah, I, wa I, wa I wanted to connect with you guys because uh, I don't I don't get to do this all that often. I want to make it kind of a regular thing where I, I at least uh, give you guys a chance to connect and um, and ask me questions that you might have. Uh, but anyway, let's uh, let's get to the article. I just want to um, share it real quick. Let me, um, where is it on this thing? For some reason it's not showing. So let me just share the entire screen. There it is. All right. So, uh, this is the article that I wrote, um, why Bitcoin is different. It, it talks about how Bitcoin is really the big innovation. All of these other things like ICOs and altcoins and hard forks and things like that. They're all not real innovations. They're just sort of small modifications on the giant innovation that is Bitcoin. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I go on to argue that uh, the thing that makes Bitcoin different isn't uh, just that it was the giant leap forward, uh, but because of the network effect, uh, which Bitcoin certainly has, and because of the decentralized aspect, which no other coin has. Uh, you know, a lot of snarky remarks about how, uh, you know, uh, people are thinking the same thing about MySpace or Yahoo or something like that. Um, neither of those had the network effect uh, in the same way that Bitcoin does. Um, uh, you know, like uh, you you have uh, decentralization. You uh, you know, like with something like MySpace, you have features that are very important. With something like currency, uh, features aren't the important things. It's it's actu actually security that's the most important thing. Uh, and, you know, this, this is an idea that I've had for a while, but, uh, you know, technology, especially when, uh, when you have something that does one thing very, very well, which Bitcoin definitely does, um, it's perfect when you have nothing left to take away, uh, not, not, not when, you're, when you're constantly adding stuff. So for me, that, that's what makes Bitcoin Bitcoin. Uh, it's a it's, uh, lot better uh, in, in many other ways as well. A lot of the innovations, quote unquote, from other coins actually come from Bitcoin itself. And, you know, it's it's not really necessarily anything interesting. Um, and that, that was the point of the article. Um, anyway, it's gotten some interesting feedback. Uh, you know, I, I've read a lot of it and there, there's a lot of different responses. Um, could tell it's got it's it's done pretty well so i'm i'm very happy about that um yeah i so uh, some other things that people might be asking about is uh you know what about minor centralization and things like that i have an article coming out later this week to talk about that um well not this week it'll it'll be monday i i think um and you know i'll i'll, I'll publish it then and uh, and talk about my thoughts with regard to minor centralization um but it's it's interesting how how this article has been received, and I, I do want to sort of talk a little bit about uh, why I wrote this article. Uh, part of it, um, 
I, I was a little bit hesitant to write this sort of article because I, I thought it was all pretty obvious, right? Like, why is Bitcoin different? I've been saying this for, you know, for the better part of the last year. You have the network effect and you have decentralization, which nobody else has. Uh, but I, I'm, I've become to realize, especially through my trip in Asia, that not a lot of people know that. Uh, and it's because they've entered the crypto space in the last like six to eight months. And of course, for them, you know, it's it's hard to tell what the difference between, say, Bitcoin and Ethereum are like. They they just hear sort of little sound bites. Oh, they they're they got smart contracts and they don't recognize that Bitcoin also has small smart contracts. It's just much more secure and it's not Turing complete and for good reason. Um, and, you know, they, they, they think, oh, okay, well, all this new stuff is better, we, you know, with technology, what's new is better, et cetera, et cetera. That's, that's not necessarily true because uh, Bitcoin occupies this interesting space in between uh, technology and, you know, mon money. And uh, one of the big properties of money that you really need in order for it to be useful is uh, is durability, is stability, it's unchangeability. It's it's um, the ability to know that if you have X amount now, that in the future you will still have X amount. And that's, that's something that you really need to uh, think more about. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I, as a result uh, of going through Asia and talking to a lot of people, I, I wanted to make this case clear because there are enough people that are new to the space that can't tell the difference. And uh, and that that was what inspired this article is, hey, you know what? There are a lot of people in you know Japan, Korea, Hong Kong, China that, that can't tell. Uh, and frankly, people in the US and Europe too that, that are fairly new to the space that can't tell the difference between Tron and Bitcoin uh, that, that really like uh, are intimidated by the tech uh, so that that's why I put the argument in these terms. It's um, you know I don't get I, I don't dive too deep into the technicals. Uh, instead, I, I I stay at a level that's very ex easily understood, hopefully, uh, by people that are reading it. Anyway, let's uh, let's take a look at some questions, and then uh, you know I, it's okay if there aren't that many. Uh, let's see. Why is it a good thing that Satoshi is gone if Bitcoin is decentralized by design? No single point of failure. Wouldn't it be good to have him around? Um, excellent question. Um, so the fact that he left. So here's here's the thing that that ha that's happened in a lot of these altcoins is that the creator um, is not perfect, right? Like uh, they're they're fallible human beings, and they. They tend to, um, you know, advocate for a certain thing, and they get it because who's going to argue with the creator of something, right? Like, um, are you going to, you know, argue with James Naismith about the rules of basketball? Not, not really. Um, yeah, there, there's an authority that naturally comes from being the creator, and uh, and that authority is exactly against the spirit of Bitcoin. And I, I'm not sure if Satoshi did this purposefully or whatever. Um, but the fact that Satoshi left has sort of created this authority vacuum, uh, which which has since like become more of a meritocracy. If you if you're uh, if you've contributed a lot to Bitcoin, then you have more of a say um, in in sort of figuring out what's what to develop and so on. And if you're if you're kind of a poor coder and you know maybe you get kicked out of 
uh, core development, then, then, you know, I mean, that, that too was because you weren't a very, you know, you didn't contribute as much. Uh, I mean, that, that may seem political to some people, and I don't doubt that there's at least a little bit of that in there. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, if there, if there was a creator of Bitcoin around, um, then that person just sort of settles all the disputes. Now, that may sound good in theory, but I actually like the fact that we have to fight and think and uh, force everyone to really understand what's going on and, uh, and have, uh, have people um, you know, opine on sort of all of the different second, third, fourth order effects of a particular technical decision. And uh, in lieu of sort of um, you know, implementing some of these things, when, when you don't have consensus, you, you stick with the status quo. And that's exactly the sort of behavior you want out of a currency. You don't want things to change very often. Uh, and when they do, it should be overwhelmingly positive, uh, the reason why you do. Um, and that that's more or less how, how things have gone in Bitcoin. I mean, segwit withstanding a little bit. Uh, but even that, you know, uh, we, we had a peaceful resolution more or less because the people that didn't like segwit uh, went over to Bitcoin Cash. And I, I think that's a beautiful, wonderful thing. Uh, the fact that they went over to their own coin instead of sort of, uh, you know, being forced to stick with something that they didn't like, that's a good thing. I, I like that um, people that, uh, you know, complain or whatever about something can have a choice. Um, and they, they, they took their choice and they, they, are you know living with the consequences of that choice and that's a good thing i i want that to happen i want more of that to happen rather than sort of a diktat from above uh we don't want a king in bitcoin we don't we we don't like that and that's that's why um i as much as uh you know it would have been nice to have satoshi around uh like just even for interviewing purposes or something uh the fact that Satoshi is not around is a very good thing because it makes it a lot more about Bitcoin itself and less about the person. Uh, and that's something that I've noticed over the years. And when, when we talk and talk about, um, you know, just uh, technology or art or entertainment or anything, is that the focus way too often just become uh, becomes all about the person and not about their work. Um, I mean, this is partly why I, I really don't like modern art very much. It's not at all about the art. It's all about the artist. And uh, frankly, I'm not that interested in the artist. I'd, I'd, I'd rather, uh, you know, think more about the art and what, what it represents rather than, you know, the narcissism of the artist. Um, and, you know, the media sort of takes uh, takes us sort of towards that direction and uh, makes it more about the personalities of the people involved rather than the actual thing. Um, and by disappearing, Satoshi's more or less done that. People can still speculate about who Satoshi is, uh, but you know we all know that but that doesn't really matter that much. It's it's more about Bitcoin itself. And uh, I thought I, I I think it's very selfless what what Satoshi did, just sort of. Um, you know, stepping back and uh, and and letting it uh, letting it grow on its own, um, and that's that's the hope of every I think parent. Uh, and, and if you have kids, this this is certainly true. 
it's that you want your kids to be their own people. You don't want them to be like your clones or your puppets or anything like that. You, you want them to be them. And, uh, and your job as a parent is to help them become the best them that they can be. Uh, and, you know, sometimes that means letting them make their own mistakes. Sometimes that means doing things that, you, uh, you know, they'll make decisions that you don't necessarily agree with. Uh, but it's all part of the maturing process. And, uh, and I, I feel the same way about Satoshi and Bitcoin. He's, uh, Satoshi put us in a position to really develop on our own. Um, and that, I think, is more valuable than, say, his input. All right, so let's see the next one. Um, could we just buy, sell Monero with BTC instead of doing a coin join in order to anonymize BTC? Um, possibly, uh, possibly. Uh, obviously, it depends on where you trade Monero because that that then becomes sort of a, a single point of, uh, of failure. Um, if you have to register on an exchange, you at least have to give them an email address or something. Uh, even if you use something like Shapeshift, uh, they're gonna they they're possibly logging your IP address and can link the Bitcoin addresses and things like that. Um, so yeah, I I I, I don't know. It, it's it's possible you could do it that way. Um, but yeah, it's it's very difficult to tell because there are always holes in these schemes. All right. Um, is Ethereum Classic valuable just like Bitcoin for its in immutability? Um, well. Ethereum Classic doesn't have the network effect. Uh, like very few people use it, as far as I can tell. Um, uh, I mean, may maybe there are people that use it as a store of value. I don't know. Um, the other thing about Ethereum Classic is that uh, it's it's still more or less led by uh, you know the that one dev team. So I don't I don't see it as really decentralized. So. I don't think it's uh, it's nearly as valuable, um, though, the, you know, it might be a little more valuable than Ethereum because it's uh, at least uh, stuck to some principle there. Um, let's see. What is your take on Roger Ver's opinion where he claimed that Bitcoin core devs no longer control the original keys left behind by Satoshi instead the company Blockstream has full control? Um, I, I think that's a ridiculous conspiracy theory. Uh, if you know anything about core development, you know that uh, Blockstream, I mean, they certainly contribute to core development, but they're by no means the majority or even a significant minority. Uh, you know, uh, there, there's, uh, you know, core devs from all over the world, uh, many of whom don't work on, uh, you know, for companies or anything. Uh, there's you know, MIT DCI, there's a, uh, Chain Code Labs. Um, they're they're represent. You know, they're people funded from uh, Coinbase, um, uh, Blockchain.info, lots of different companies. So uh, it's kind of a. I mean, it's it's an assertion without any evidence. So um, hey, like you can you this this the thing about conspiracy theories that's very frustrating is that you can't disprove it uh, because they they just come up with a new way in which. Um, I don't know. So uh, the conspiracy theory could have happened. Then, yeah, it's 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 a game of whack-a-mole. I, I just think it's it's kind of stupid. Um, all right, let's see here. Yeah, back to full screen over here. Um, let's see. 
thoughts on illegal data being permanently stored on the blockchain. Um, this is obviously referring to um, referring to the child porn stuff. Uh, apparently, there's like a link to it in the blockchain or something like that. Doesn't really matter if it's uh, if it's if you order to um, get at it. Uh, here, uh, let me show you what what sort of things are in. Um, in the blockchain, I answered this question a few years ago. Uh, white paper blockchain. Yeah. All right. So, all right. So, let me show you guys this thing. This is a question from Stack Overflow. Um, all right. So, I, I answered this question a few years ago. It's uh, how is the white paper decoded from the blockchain? The transaction with uh, about a thousand M of N uh, multi-sig outputs, and uh, and I answered this. Um, yeah, it's a it's a fun little puzzle. Um, I, I wrote this script down here uh, that you can run if you have if you're running uh, a full node, you can you can run this um, uh, full but not pruned node. What you can do is run this uh, Python script, and the output will be Bitcoin.pdf. And it's literally the PDF version of the white paper encoded in a transaction. It's kind of ridiculous that you can do that. Uh, this is why bare multisig isn't really used anymore. Uh, but but there are sort of instances where you can sort of in, embed data without anyone really knowing. Um, and that's that's uh, this is just one of many ways in which you can do that. Uh, is that really valuable to Bitcoin? I don't think so. I, I think it's sort of like an abusive use of the blockchain. And, uh, and actually having some fees can, can deter this sort of uh, attack. Um, and, you know, I mean, like it, it's the, this especially sucks because you have to keep around a thousand UTXOs that are unspendable. Like uh, the, those public keys are not real public, public keys. They're, they're just sort of, um, uh, you know, random 64 by chunks out of the uh, Bitcoin PDF. Uh, so... You know, I like that. It sucks that you have to, uh, even as a prune node, you have to keep that UTXO around because those UTXOs around because you you have no idea if it's valid or not. We do because uh, because uh, you know this is like a big. We know it uh, concatenates to Bitcoin.pdf, but uh, according to the rules, you have to keep those UTXOs around. So it's like uh, memory intensive. It, 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 takes up spot, uh, space on the blockchain. You have to like validate it all when it comes. So it's uh, it's kind of an abuse of a public good in my opinion. Um, is there a way to solve it? Not, I mean, the only thing that can really solve it is the market. And that's by having some fees or having some cost or some skin in the game. Uh, and uh, and this unfortunately um, is, is not so simple. Anyway, uh, this is a stack, uh, stack exchange. Uh, yeah, it says, how is the white paper decoded? Here, let me make it a little bit bigger. Um, and you can you can see that I, um, I answered this. Here's the script that you can run and you get Bitcoin.pdf. Anyway, that, that it's an interesting thing. Uh, you, you guys should take a look at it if you're um, if you're interested in that sort of thing. Uh, and, you know, you're kind of a nerd like me. Um, all right. Let's see. Satoshi didn't step back. All right, where is the cowboy hat? Um, right here. It's now uh, for O'Reilly. Um, yeah, and uh, I'm about halfway through. I, I just have to hunker down and keep writing it. So like halfway through my first draft. So I have to 
finish my first draft. Then I have to go and edit the hell out of it. And uh, I have to add all these diagrams and exercises and stuff. And that's uh, hopefully I can I can uh, keep working on that. Um, yeah. Uh, will Bitcoin ever be completely anonymous? It's possible. Um, I don't think it'll be really completely anonymous, though. Um, let's see. All right, where's Doug Polk hiding? Last I heard he was in like on vacation in Hawaii or something. I don't know, I, I think he's back though. Uh, what's the next biggest hurdle for Bitcoin? Um, it's a good question. Uh, there's a hurdle obviously is, uh, is the lack of developers. I think that that's uh, almost a constant uh, source of angst for pretty much everybody. Um, that's in this space. Uh, you know, how, how's that going to get resolved? I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. Um, but you know, I mean, the nice thing is Bitcoin is anti-fragile. So, all right. Uh, uh, anyway, um, thanks for, uh, watching guys. Uh, it's, it's been fun. I, I, I do, uh, enjoy, you know, um, you know, doing these little chats and Q and A's and stuff like that. Um, uh, watch for my article coming out on Monday. Um, you know, it'll it'll be about mining centralization. Uh, hopefully, you guys like it as much as you did this previous one. Um, thank you guys so much for you know just watching and retweeting and replying and all that stuff. I, I, I mean, it really does sort of help me to you know read all that stuff and see how you guys are engaged and things like that. Anyway.